Hello and welcome to a new season, season six of the Ebb and Flow podcast with Solomon Ezra. This break may have been the longest since I concluded season five with a six-part series on health with Rabbi Manus Friedman. Since then, the majority of my time and focus has been in being at and learning in yeshiva. Up until recently, I was learning in New Jersey, but as of today, and as you may know if you keep up with my newsletters, I'm studying at a yeshiva in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, New York. On this episode, the start of a new season, the release date also has significance with today's topic and guest. In the Hebrew calendar, it's Yud Tes, or the 19th of Kislev, which is a special day known as the Rosh Hashanah, or the New Year of Hasidus. On this day in 1798, the founder of the Chabad Hasidus movement, Rabbi Shneer Zalman of Liadi, also known as the Altar, or Older Rebbe, was released from prison in Petersburg, Russia where he was sentenced upon claims of spreading Hasidus, which is the inner dimension of the Torah, publicly. Prior to him, it was known and taught only to a few outstanding individuals. Our sages taught that, quote, the Holy One, blessed be he, made the world below similar to the world above. So we learn, as taught from the six other um, succeeding Rebbeim, after the Altar Rebbe, that his imprisonment and liberation has a meaning spiritually. In short, a reason he was imprisoned in the world was because in the heavenly court, he too was being accused for revealing these uh, precious mysteries of the Torah, which is Hasidus. His liberation resulted from an acceptance of his approach to begin sharing these teachings to the public, as his mentor, the founder of the Hasidic movement, the Baal Shem Tov, heard in a deep meditation from Mashiach himself, from the Messiah, that he, the Messiah, will come Quote, when your wellsprings will be disseminated far. <clears throat> Therefore, today, I'm sharing with you a wonderful conversation I had with Rabbi Herzl Presner, the author of The Basics of Hasidus, whom I'd met in Morristown, New Jersey. And this book and our conversation is all about Hasidus. In case you did not receive my newsletters weeks ago, I, where I mentioned the frequency of the content now that I'm being at Yeshiva, I would just like to add about this new season that since I'm studying full-time in yeshiva, or at least trying to, I'm not, I will not be having an episode every week. With newsletters, I have been doing it every other week, but with podcasts, I cannot predict at the moment the frequency. However, I am in the works, and if you would like to help with the financial aspect of getting con- consistent clips from previous episodes to um, begin disseminating out to uh, viewers. Thank you for your patience as studying in yeshiva to grow in my Yiddishkeit is of primary importance at this point in my life. If you like what you hear, please leave a review about the show and today's guest on Apple Podcasts and head over to SolomonEzra.com or follow me on Instagram at King underscore Solomon 8 and Facebook Solomon Ezra Berezin to learn more. You can also through the website find links to the newsletters and make sure to do something actionable with your learnings which is also what Hasidus is all about. And let us know what you think via message or on social media. And now on to part one of the show with Rabbi Herzl Pesner. That's right. We had a long episode, long interview. So all that I could kind of produce at the moment is part one. And as we say today, may you be inscribed and sealed for a good year in the study of Hasidus and in living Hasidus. All right, Rabbi Pesner, it's a Pleasure to have you on, start of a new podcast season. I've taken a little bit of a hiatus and 
just excited to jump right back in. And as some of my listeners know, and you might have a little bit of familiarity, uh, as a health coach and really passionate about health and wellness, I love to merge health and wellness with my growth and understanding with uh, Hasidic, uh, Hasidism, with, and especially Chabad. So, and you have this awesome book, The Basics of Hasidus, and I've really flipped through a, most, but not all of it just yet, and really want to explore with you a little bit about yourself and this book and what led to its coming about. So if we could please start, please uh, share with us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you uh, grew up and became a rabbi and wanting to write this awesome book. The first of many. Wow. Okay. So the first you have actually, you have others, you have, you have others. All right. So, so, so first of all, thank you. And let me introduce this, uh, this uh, book and project and I'll, I'll start first with just a little word of introduction of who I am, but the book is a lot broader than me and my story, right? And um, I guess we're gonna get to that in, in, in a few moments. So uh, my background is that I grew up as, a, um, as, as part of a Chabad, um, family. My parents are the directors of Chabad of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So that's a relatively small town, small Jewish community in central PA. And that's where I grew up. And <clears throat> for me personally, Hasidus, um, the study of Hasidus, the teachings of Hasidus have become a very, very important part of my life in a very personal way as a teenager. And in my experiences around various communities, engaging with Jews, sharing ideas of Hasidus became something that we really, really bonded on. So this book was really a beautiful opportunity to be able to share Hasidus and use these teachings and these very, very powerful, inspiring, enlightening teachings as a form to ultimately bond with, uh, with others, right? I find the book to be, a, in a way, a mode of communication that uh, I can reach people who, uh, who are not um, within physical, uh, physical uh, uh, proximity. Right? And we can connect in a certain sense through this, um, through this book, right? So. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> thank, thank you for sharing. Um, given that you grew up in a Chabad family, how was getting started and learning all of it for yourself? You know, you, you, uh, I grew up not in a Chabad uh, practicing uh, family and then you know there's a lots of different personalities that you might encounter but how was it uh, for yourself you know from uh, some familiarities and connections that uh, we have between us you know I, I learned that you you have a very brilliant mind and learning all this stuff so I'm interested in how you I'm also interested in how you really 
and kind of dug into what you were learning and personalized it and really kind of made it your own so that when you reach out to other individuals like myself or whoever's reading the book or even just in person uh, to really connect with them. All right. So I, I think that that's, that's a wonderful question. I think it's leading us a little to dig a little bit deeper. Um, what is Christmas? And, you know, obviously I can give you, there's a book about it, right? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, I can give you the, I can give you the 470 page answer. I think I missed it in my initial introduction of myself. You asked about origins and background. I said, where did I grow up? But currently for the past seven years, I've been uh, serving as a, uh, as, as a, uh, as a teacher of Hasidic wisdom in yeshiva in the Rabbinical College of America in Morristown, New Jersey. And that has been um, what I've been doing day in, day out, communicating mm -hmm. with students, sharing, uh, connecting over these teachings. But actually to appreciate what Hasidus does, I think it will become very, I, I feel like it's kind of clear that anybody can connect to it regardless if you grew up mm -hmm. not being exposed to these teachings or if you have been exposed all your life, but there's something really profound and vibrantly exciting about the teachings of Siddhas. And I have a little insight that I'd like to share from a personal life experience that might give a little bit. Um... Please, please. Okay. So... <clears throat> A conversation for another time, a story for another time, is that I spent several years visiting the Jewish community in Iceland. So Iceland is this uh, North Atlantic country in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, right? And did not have an established uh, Jewish community. You had, uh, and as a project back in 2011, my older brother started this, uh, started, um, these trips to go for Pesach, to go to do the Passover Seder, to lead Rosh Hashanah services, Hanukkah, and so on. And then I continued that for a couple of years. And then ultimately this culminated in four years ago, a permanent Chabad center um, by it's a wonderful it's a, it's a friends of mine, Rabbi it's, uh, Avi and uh, Mushki Feldman, and that's what's going on there. Now, Iceland is a beautiful country. It's a volcanic country, and its terrain is rather unique. And it doesn't have the typical foliage or grass or stuff that you might be familiar with from other parts. Because it's rocky, you have a lot of moss and a lot of very interesting plants. And over the course of my trips, they seem different colors to me. I noticed that when I traveled during the summer, or end of summer, those colors were particularly vibrant. And just the whole terrain was just beautiful, rich, filled with all this color. And then over other times, as uh, other times of year, for example, in the winter Hanukkah, if we were able to see it and it wasn't covered in snow, it just looked really dull, really, I wouldn't say muddy because it wasn't dirty, but it just, it just looked dark, gloomy, and it just didn't seem very pretty, right? And it struck me because I come, you know, a couple of times a year for visits and the terrain 
the moss is not regenerating itself. It's not, it's, it's not going back and coming forward, right? It, it's, it's really there all the time, but mm -hmm. why does it look different? And it took me a couple of trips until I realized it's the lighting, the sunlight. You see, Iceland during the winter, there's four hours of sun and the sun stays really, really close hovering near the horizon. The amount of light exposure is very low. In comparison in the summer months when you're gonna have long days, even the end of summer, but you, right, you're gonna have long days. The sun is much further up in the sky and it's well above the horizon. The terrain is simply more illuminated and you're able to see. And it struck me because the terrain is the same. It's the lighting that's different. And the vibrancy of what you're seeing, your entire experience is determined completely by the lighting. Mm -hmm. And I, there was a Jewish fellow, an Israeli, who was, who was a photographer who was spending some time in Iceland at that time when I made that realization. And I asked him about it and he, and he concurred and said, yes, absolutely, it is the lighting. And he knows that certain pictures, he can only get certain times of the year mm -hmm. because the lighting, it's really painting with light photography and the lighting is really what makes the entirety of the difference. Now, Hasidus is described as light, right? And I actually uh, talk about it in the book, right? why it's it's called light. So if anybody is, uh, has has the book um, handy, The Light of Hasidus is page 72, good? So that would be good where I go ahead and, yeah. and, and actually in footnote 69 is where I share a little bit of uh, that insight story, yeah. of, of light with that, not in a story form, it's not that type of book, but just <clears throat> that idea. So, right, so what, what, what makes it so significant? Hasidic wisdom only came to the fore a couple of hundred years ago, right? The Baal Shem Tov started teaching um, in, in, the, in the 1730s. Right, so it's it's a relative it's it's a relatively recent right two hundred and ninety is uh, and almost ninety years ago. So it's not for a very long time. Mm -hmm. right? And Judaism within Judaism, Hasidus is a traditional approach to Judaism, with, which realizes the tremendous with tremendous reverence the importance of us continuing Jewish tradition as was. Right, and it's in no way is it a new path within Judaism. But what it does see it itself as is as painting Judaism with light, mm -hmm. uncovering the vibrancy and color which is embedded within Jewish life and practice, within Jewish community and ritual which would go unnoticed and unappreciated and turning on the light to notice the richness and beauty. So if regardless of a person's, uh, of a person's uh, educational background or upbringing, Hasidus really has something to offer. Because if you want to have that vibrant 
sense of Judaism and personal connection, Hasidus brings that to the fore in some things in, in, in a really, really beautiful way. So regardless of background, and uh, I can say Hasidus can really play a very important part in anyone's journey and part of growing up, right? Part of growing up to appreciate the vibrancy that you're seeing is to realize the beauty and richness that Hasidus provides. So mm -hmm. I, that's- uh, Yeah, beautiful. Thank you for that story. It also kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of a different story, but you were sharing with me when we first met uh, or when you gave me a copy of the book that what's the difference between the summer months and the winter months is that in the winter you have to pay for the heat. Meaning like for in Hasidus, you, like when you learn, you really got to work for it, but it, it warms you up from the inside out. Yes, yeah, yeah. So that that connects well to actually the time of year that we're having this conversation. Yeah. We are right. We're at the beginning of the month of Kislev, which mm -hmm. is well known. The nineteenth of Kislev is known as the New Year of Hasidus, right? Where the uh, where the uh, victory of uh, of the founder of Chabad, Rabbi Shneir Zaman of Yadi, was was uh, took place in in uh, in Tsarist Russia to be able to spread the teachings of Hasidus and that opens and the timing for that is works well because it's revelation but it's revelation that is very much a personal journey every person is going to have kind of their own flavor of appreciation of where Hasidus paid them personal influence and 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 what that means something i noticed as a teenager was that when that you know when people try to describe what is hasidus everybody's going to give you a different answer yeah everybody's going to give you give you a different answer and at first it, it confused me a little bit why does everybody say you know or, or i didn't necessarily understand why why that's the case until I realized that those answers are those answers within. It's weird that Chassidus means something to me in a very personal yeah. way, right? And it's a very important question. What is Chassidus about? Because everybody is going to have a little bit of a different... Um, it's, it, I'll call it an answer, but it's almost an intuition and experience of where do they where do they connect it's a point of yeah. connection right well, and I, actually it actually brings up a great point that i'd like to explore a little bit is when we talk about what is Hasidus, and part of this question will involve also how a lot of people a lot of us you know we experience because because we out when it comes to words like and that's why i love the first uh, in chapter two the first part you have defining the torah like definitions is so important these days because most of our definitions as individuals is based on our own preconceived notions and experiences. So when we even think or we even talk about Hasidus, every you know it brings up um, so many different ideas, which can include for a lot of people resistance towards it. You know, like even just hearing Chabad. You know, there's a lot of us have different things to uh, work through in order to be able to look at something from an objective view, you know, what is Torah, what is Hasidus, 
So maybe could you talk a little bit of so I, about I, like I, what I, like I, what does Hasidus include? What is yeah, what sure. does it include? Because you know, I might think actually I just recognize this myself. Like when I would hear somebody saying like Ah Hasidus, you know, when I was getting into it, you know, Hasidus, you know, really changed my life. But what are they talking about? Like maybe a mimer, a discourse that they learned, or how they did this. Like my way of relating to why like Hasidus I felt so passionate about is so different, or at least seemingly. So, so Hasidus on a, on a dictionary de definition means several things, right? Hasidus is a set of Torah teachings. It's a community. It's a movement. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. And that in a certain sense is I think the first uh, point of confusion of what is Hasidus or what does Hasidus have to offer? Because let's say a person who doesn't necessarily belong to a Hasidic community per se will say, I'm not sure Hasidus is right for me because I don't identify as a Hasid, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a set of teachings that should really only apply to a specific community. Right? And that isn't, that, that isn't correct, Hasidus, by at least one definition, is simply a set of Torah teachings, right? No one is going to walk over to a a Svarim bookshelf in shul and say, I would really like to study only um, texts that were produced in my local community, or I want to only see, the, you know what I mean? I, I, I only want to study from a, a specific segment of you know, halacha and is halacha and Torah Judaism is really a a um, a, collide, a collage of so many different perspectives from around the spectrum of of, of Jewish study and teaching. And a person who would like to get a cohesive presentation of what is Torah has has definitely what to learn from a wide array of of uh, of Torah works, regardless if they live full time in a community which is built upon a specific set of teachings. So this is very wide ranging and a lot of times people may feel, as you say, a little bit of a um, lack of connection when there's a lack of appreciation of what this actually is, mm -hmm. right? So, the cool thing about the question is that the question, what is Chassidus, is asked by non-Chassidim as well as Chassidim. Everybody asks this question. And even non-Jews. Right? And even non-Jews, yes, sure, absolutely. So right, it's been a question ever since its founding, and it's never stopping a, a question. It doesn't really have a very um, particular dictionary definition that you could just answer. Hasidus really is the wisdom of the soul, and it's about the connection of the soul on a community level, on a global level, and it's very hard to define the soul. It's very hard to have words for it. You know, there's that point of Jewish connection called the Pintele Yid, mm -hmm. the Jewish dot. We call it a dot. We don't have a name for it. It's a Pintele. That's the Yiddish term. It's, it, what is it? Well, we can't agree on a name plan. The community of Jews is too diverse for us to be able to identify a name. You call it the soul, one will claim, I don't know what a soul is, I don't believe in a soul. 
right? Another will say it's consciousness. Another will say it's identity. Yeah, one will fumble, right? One will say it's faith. The other says, I don't believe, but I still got that thought. Hey, right? It's called the Jewish thought for good reason. Jewish, right? Is really all about experiencing this Jewish thought. Right? And that's why Chassidus will, will stay. But actually, the way I start off the book is, right, you know, getting started on page one is what is Chassidus Chabad about? Because that's a question. And, you know, Jews like starting off with questions. The, the, the Pesach Seder, you know, we begin with questions. We begin mm -hmm. with why is this night different? Because when we start off with a question, then we're, we're looking, we're hungry for that. Exactly. Answer. We're looking for that information. And yeah, you could read 10 pages and I think have a pretty good answer to that question. And then read another 75 pages and have a second phase answer to that question. Read another 50 pages and have yet another answer. And in a certain sense, this entire book is a journey, right? layer after layer through, uh, throughout the chapters, yeah. which I, I'd, I'd like to give a little sneak peek into soon, you know, will keep on giving you insight and uh, into this question, what is Chassidus? Yeah. What is Chassidus for me? Right? And in yeah. that sense, this book can also be a very personal journey, not just a, not just a read. Yeah. You mentioned uh, just a, a little bit, how can we experience that Pentaliliad? So can you touch a little bit onto that? Like, for example, my um, re-exploration of what Judaism really means. And like I mentioned also at the beginning, this podcast like started as like holistic health. Like how do we live in that state? When I was transitioning from playing college sports, you know, I would get into that zone where I would be like so present and it was almost like Hashem was playing through me. You know, I wouldn't miss a shot. Even if I made a turnover, I wouldn't judge the situation. And I would, I would, and it would turn to something even better. So it was like, it was like a descent for the sake of descent, you know, that we, we talk about. In yeah, history. sure. When I was transitioning out of it and out of playing uh, in college, and I had this intuition, like, what was it? Why was I spending so much time in the game? It was that, that zone I really was passionate about. And I had this thought, how can we live life in that state? That okay, kind in of that led zone. To, huh? In the zone. In the zone. And that's what I actually felt, feel, that more I've learned and, and grown. Now, this was a few years ago now. And I've gotten into practicing meditation. And I've gotten to different med meditation retreats that all led me into uh, re-exploring Hasidus and, and Chabad. In a sense, like at re meditation retreats, especially like when I went to a silent one, you actually learn to get to your core like identity. You let go of different layers of who you are. You know, you're not a student. You're not your religion. You're not this. But, you know, I would get to this point that I remember, you know, like if, if Judaism was just a religion, then it can change because ultimately everything has changed. But your identity is something that doesn't change. So like you would get ultimately to this point like i would i remember i would be in meditation i would think like but judaism is not just like religion you know it's not something i can i can change it's it's who i am and that kind of click that actually kind of gets to what beautiful Hasidus talks about um and go that's that's what kind of led me to re-explore what's really judaism because if it's if it's just a religion i can change it but we learn you know and Baruch Hashem, I, and thank God I grew up 
you know, learning a Jew is a Jew is a Jew, regardless of how you practice. That's why I don't like to really say like observance, you know, observant of something, but practice, because there's many Jews that are maybe not practicing, but they're observant people. But anyhow, um, but that's actually back to the original question of how can somebody experience that it's it interests me different journeys of people coming to to Hasidus and how do you tap it how to tap into that pintalyid so how can we experience that so then really our you know man I love Hasidus it, it really inter gets internalized and impacts somebody as opposed to like let's say you just start reading uh, or learning a mimer with somebody a discourse it, it doesn't necessarily like just transform and impact the person per se okay so so let, let's well, let, let's just talk about this um what is this in simple terms it is the expo exploration and experience of jewish identity in mm. at the core of jewish identity in a relatable day-to-day -day manner yeah, yeah. right um in broader terms for global society Right? It's the recognition. It's the recognition that um, so we're here on this earth, right? We're here on this earth experiencing a very, very deep, um, a very, very deep um, interaction with our creator. And the entire world is part of that story. And as profound as this connection is, it is relatable in all aspects of life. So let's talk about that um, dot. That mm. dot is a little bit, a dot can be described as abstract. You know, a dot can be seen as just, I, I would say immobile. <laughs> right? It, right? It's pinned somewhere, right? but that dot can spread. And it can spread boundlessly. It, it can be it it it, it can be um, say as follows. Um, typically, typically uh, human um, activity is stirred by some motivation. Motivation is a very very big factor, right, in getting stuff done. In fact, that's the definition of motivation, right? Motivating motivates people. Motivation motivates people. So it's motivation that's a very, very big key to everything in life, right? Now, what is that motivation? Some motivations are more, more pure altruistic than other motivations. Some motivations are more selfish. Some motivations are, are, are more uh, idealistic, right? And because we have so many different activities, it's only normal for us to have so many different motivations. Mm -hmm. But we only have one identity. And that's the point I'm getting. And Chassidus, in a certain sense, is about viewing life not so much based on your motivations and your motives, but based on your identity. Yeah. And that can become your key motivator. And yeah. your identity is one. And therefore, you're going to find oneness within the diversity and busyness and hecticness of life. Beautiful.
right? So it's not about motivation, it's about identity. Yeah. And that is a oh, very, very big way to this. So let's say just to- It's, it's like more inspiration. It reminds me of a quote one time I had, I heard that like motivation is, you know, BS because motivation is from something outside, but inspiration is something like from within. So how deep within? Right, there's deeper mm -hmm. motivations, and there's more external motivations, and a very, very, you know. So that, I, then it sounds like though the the identity, and and something I've thought about quite frequently, and even spoken to some guys I think at the yeshiva about the the deepest identity wouldn't be a, a chassid or a chabad. The deepest identity is that you're a Jew, a, new, a Jewish neshama, and then how it gets how it wants to be expressed is through Hasidus and then the different practices of Hasidus. So, so th that, that's, that's obviously a very important, um, a very, very important realization for every Hasid is that I'm not, I'm not a Hasid per se, I'm a Jew. All of Hasidus is not to create another denomination. Yeah, exactly. People, right? Jewish people are divided enough. Mm -hmm. right? What Hasidus came to do is to tell us, don't, look at yourself as denomination appreciate what it means to be a child right exactly. that's 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 really what Hasidus is all about and therefore the biggest priority of Hasidus the big the biggest priority of Hasidus is Judaism what is Hasidus it's a right it's a it's a method in encouraging right um complete Jewish connection and experience and sharing it with others that's yeah. That, that is what this is. So yeah, it comes with certain wrappings on a community, you know, on a community or societal level. But for any chassid, that's not what this is. Chassidus is simply right, a way for them to appreciate their, their Judaism, their, their, their Jewish dot, their, yeah. uh, their identity. Yeah. Speak, speaking of the Jewish dot, and like we were all just been touching on, you have a whole chapter devoted to it, which is chap the chapter five about the Yechida. And that really is that most essential uh, point that we want to tap into. And, and Chabad's focus is how do we live from that place, which is, that's our, our highest level of our soul. But how do we live from that place of the Yechida within, like in this world, in the lowest world so to speak so so yehida is defined typically as the as the highest or at least kabbalistically as the highest part of the soul there are five layers of the soul and Hasidus um parallels this yehida dimension it, it also seems right. sorry just to jump in yeah sure i think a lot of people might myself included connect to it when a lot of a lot of our culture and intention these days is, you know, I want to be my truest, my best self. And that's what I think what Yechida is really getting at. And you, you, you even mentioned that, you know, the Yechida is that part of you where it's like something just, it feels right. You know, so, it's within the heart. Yes, exactly. So this is exactly what I wanted to get to, because in a certain sense, you could say that Chassidus um, um, redefined Yechida. Rather than seeing Yechida as the most abstract mm. part of my personality, right? Um, Chassidus embraced the Yechida as 
my truer self, my real identity, and something that can be relevant and relatable throughout. Good. So yeah. I feel like I, I haven't had a chance yet to introduce the book, right? Um, you know, we're talking about this, we're talking about um, about these ideas, but I I I feel let's share with our please, the, please. right the listeners exactly what we are talking about. So Chsidus, as stated, started off with the Baal Shem Tov, right? Became um, crystallized and expounded upon by the founder of Chabad, Rabbi Shneir Zalman, and the following um, uh, seven Chabad Rebbes, making Chsidus be an entire set of ideals, an entire worldview, an entire system. Doing so, they gave a library of over 500 books of Hasidic wisdom, hmm. right? It's a tremendous resource of information, right? In Jewish mysticism, which is completely accessible and not for mystics only, right? And it teaches an entire wisdom. Um, uh, in recent, in this generation, a lot of it has been made accessible in other languages, more than anything in, in English. And, uh, you know, there's a tremendous amount available online at, at uh, Chabad.org and so on and so forth. And really this entire resource is in English. What hasn't been done yet, and this book has, is coming to fulfill, is to give a one-stop destination of where can you get the big picture? Where can I appreciate what is this from the beginning to the end, where can I tap into the wisdom presented in so much, right, of these, um, you know, entire span of generations of uh, Chabad Rebbe's teaching Hasidus and package it into a cohesive one-stop picture, right? And that is, and that is the mission and, uh, and purpose of this, uh, the basics of Chassidus that we're uh, discussing today. And what it does is, is that this is the first volume of the series, but covers Chabad, its origins, principles, and purpose. So this is basically as, fun, as foundational as you can get into seeing the entire picture of Chassidus based on its origins, both on a Torah level, as well as a historic level of what caused Chassidus to originate? Where did Chassidus come from, right? What are its primary um, principles and how we can appreciate them? So we're gonna go through, right, defining Chassidus. We're gonna then go into um, understand this linkage to a perspective on the oneness of God, Achdus Hashem, which is a very fundamental point in Judaism, but Chassidus takes that to have tremendous relevance. To understand Avodat Hashem, the path of divine service, which is, which is most fundamental to what Chassidus is about. To understand the personal mission and the light of Chassidus. To understand the purpose of existence according to Chassidus, which are all these are the core building blocks, you can say of what Chassidus is all about. Yeah. Covering them all, while finding their cohesive theme, their cohesive message. Also, you know, so that Yechida 
is not just a topic in chapter five, but really in a certain sense, you could say it's the interwoven theme throughout the book. It's yeah. the appreciation of this motivation versus identity that plays out in the human struggle. It in Avodat Hashem. It plays out in the personal mission. Am I here for myself or am I here for others? Mm. Um, recognizing God's purpose in this world is uh, um, understanding the linkage towards bringing Mashiach. Right? And it's just going to play out in so many manifestations because what we're doing over here is we're presenting the whole thing, the whole picture. Right, so hopefully, what anybody can walk away with from this book is a deepened appreciation of the core of what is Hasidus. And if you feel like you know what Hasidus is, then you're going to walk away with the richness of finding its themes in comprehensive presentation of its ideals, of its messages, of its primary ideas yeah. right? and within the comprehensive explanation that we're going to go ahead and present these ideas with what is the path of Avodat Hashem according to Hasidus yeah. how does one right? what is let's say the Rebbe and Hasid relationship according to Hasidus and then finally that cohesive picture okay so this is the, this is the message of Hasidus yeah. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening. I hope this episode brought you some really great value. If you enjoyed any of these episodes or would like to hear more, please leave me a review on Apple or Anchor Podcast. I'm always looking out for topics to learn and talk about, gifts to share, and value to bring to us all. For more updates, please check out SolomonEzra.com. That's S-O-L-O-M-O-N-E-Z-R-A. That's where you can also sign up for newsletters, read about blogs, and hear my different podcasts. Take care.